Amen. Amen. I don't know, church. Is it the weather that's just making us spunky today? You know, I'm like, come on, let's go. Y'all are y'all are chatting and visiting on the porch. The doors are open. It's like it's a whole other country out there, isn't it? Man. Man, this is amazing. And enjoy it. These are the best two weeks of the year, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's so good, so refreshing. The air is dry. The Lord is near. People have gathered. It's Sunday. It's church. What an awesome way to start your week, right? How about, how about this band? Aren't they just awesome? You know, just, just so good, so good, so good. They just draw us to the Lord. Their hearts are so right. Hey, Stacy and I sure missed y'all last week. Surprise. Some of y'all are like, don't you ever leave and not tell me you're not going or you're not going to be here. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I like to trick y'all. Um, and I don't want you to, here, here's the reality. Can I tell you my heart? I don't want you to come to church because I'm speaking. Right? Thanks, Brad. I want you to come. I want you to come to church because you want to be in the presence of the body, and you want to be here. And some churches are like that, right? It's like, hey, if my favorite pastor's not there, my favorite speaker, or this person's not singing, or my friend's not going. They just don't go. And God has a word for you today. But it's so refreshing for Stacy and I to be able to unplug and the church still continue and move on. And there was a day where we wondered. You know, I remember those high school days and setting everything up and tearing everything down, and it was just difficult. And, and so, church, thank you. Thank you for uh, just serving and plugging in. And so many of you do so many things so that we can unplug and go serve in some ministries that we support and that we love and we think are beneficial for the church, for the body, for us, for our spiritual renewal and awakening. And it's just awesome to be able to do that. Hey, before I continue, I, I do want to pause for a moment and and uh, speak about Israel. Uh, if, if you're not watching the news, um, go, maybe go read a little bit. Um, uh, war has come to Israel again. Uh, Hamas is attacking. Uh, it's a holy city. Uh, the scripture does remind us that this will happen. Okay, so as you read news and you read your scriptures, uh, just don't be alarmed by, by these global events. The Lord will come. And he's coming back. And hallelujah that while we are having to face these trials and tribulations on this planet, there comes the day where wars are gone, right? But absent of the return of Christ, we're going to be stuck there because wars are biblically necessary. Uh, Matthew writes, he tells us this. He says, Jesus answered. So he, he's giving us the answer to this. He goes, watch out that no one deceives you. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. Here we go, comma, but the end is still to come. So pray for Israel. Pray for uh, the Holy Land. Pray uh, that the Lord will be done. Pray that he returns. Pray that he comes back for us, as we know in confidence that he is. So just be aware um, that this is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual war, but we know as Christians who the victor is. It's hard to watch sometimes, though, isn't it? Hey, look, last week, Dustin Payne kicked off Go Long, uh, and I think it's a good, uh, it's good that he came. I'm back, so I didn't get fired this week. 
So y'all must be doing something great, right? Um, just a great friend of mine. I talked to him this week, and he just really enjoyed uh, being with y'all. Um, uh, so uh, it's going to be a great month as we uh, continue in this Go Long series. Okay, football. Football season is here, right? Come on. Some of y'all are like, man, uh, there's too many games to watch at one time. If you're into football, college football, it's tough. Uh, hey, our, if you, Texans, maybe time to dust off those Texans, you know, merch. They may be kind of good this year. You know, got a decent quarterback. Some of y'all are like, I could care less. Uh, whatever, you know, hey, you can't, you can't have everything, I guess. Um, but I, I enjoy uh, watching football. I don't get to watch a lot, honestly. You know me. I don't watch a lot of TV, uh, but I do like to watch football when I can. There's some games that I like. I record them, and I usually watch them later in the week or, or sometime when I have a, a few minutes. But I think there's some parallels from the sports world of football that we can carry with us into our faith. For those of you who do not follow football, don't worry. It's okay. You can still participate. I think we'll make it to where it fits because um, if you are aiming to be a follower of Christ for the whole of your life after salvation, you're going to have to go long. You have to go the long haul. Uh, we all know somebody who, who received Christ, who plugged into a local church, they changed their life, and then Satan, what? It brought them right back to who they used to be. They were running sprints. They weren't preparing for the long haul. And so for us, we've got to dig in, and I want to use this month, as Dustin introduced, to be able to say, hey, let's do this. Let's go long. Um, what I want you to do is... I, I don't want to just come to church thinking that you can get something. Some people do that. Like, I'm going to go to church because I'm going to get something. I'm, I'm having a hard time in my life. It's time to go back to church because right? I need something. Uh, and so we, we milk church for uh, something that we can get. And, and I want to tell you, uh, it's quite the opposite. It's, it's we attend church so we can participate. We can all come in and have a role. See, fans, observers, just go to game day and get all, you know, amped up and cheer for their team, high five, and turn around and then go right to work tomorrow like it never happened. We got the Astros going for the World Series in, in this moment, right? And, and some of us are like, yeah, but you're just a fan. You have no investment into the team. Uh, and so uh, faith is different. You're, you're not a fan of Jesus. Well, uh, I don't want you to be a fan of Jesus. Like, I, I want you to be uh, his son or daughter, as he's called us into. And, and, and when you're adopted into the kingship of Jesus Christ, you're, you're his forever. Like, we adopted two kids into our family. It's not like, all right, let's see how long this lasts, right? No, it's, it's, we are, they are adopted into our family for the whole of their life. And, and, and it's just who they are. It changed their birth certificates, they're our children. 
And your salvation is the same way. You're in the family of God. You've been adopted. And so now what do we do? Last week, Dustin used Hebrews chapter 12. He camped on that really to set the stage of endurance. If you missed it, like go in the long haul. I don't know if he said it here. I haven't seen the sermon yet. We're going to get it recorded. But I was talking to him before, and he says it's cool because uh, Refuge Church is in your five of 500, right? And so it's this, it's this sprint mentality uh, at the beginning, but it turns into a marathon, a long haul, an endurance race. So lay aside every weight, run with endurance, the race set before us. That's what he talked about last week. And are you running the race? But, but come on, look, Coach D'Amico Ryans, Coach Deion Sanders, they get this. You know what they do is, is they spend the offseason preparing for football games. It's, it's not like the rest of the year, these head coaches of these football teams are just not doing anything. It's like on Sunday is game day, if you will, for the Christian faith. It's not like, well, then the rest of the week, you just fold your arms and go, I already did my church stuff. I already, I, I was a Christian for this week and now I'm done. No, we, we coach, we prepare all week for this. I like to say for me, uh, church is, is, is a pep rally to get me ready to go out and play the real game of my faith, execute my faith. The, this, is, this would be the, the locker room, and then we go out into the field to, to, to execute uh, what God has called us to do. When I make these parallels of, of the game or the football, uh, please understand I'm not saying that our faith is a game. Right, it, it is. It is my everything. I, I invest everything into my faith journey. But for the illustrations, it may come out that way. See, here's the difference with Christianity and football. For Christianity, there's no off season. There's no off season. If you come to church a few times a year, the Christmas and Easter and Mother's Day, there, there appears to be an off season for you. Like this is when we go to church, but the Christian who's plugged in, who's devoted, who's following life, who's living uh, Christ, living a holy life, uh, there's no off-season. It's the long haul. And for some of you, it seems overwhelming. And it might be until you see the reward of Christ, until you see what we're going to unpack today. Some churches, they follow a liturgical calendar, right? And there's a pacing to it. And there's certain things that happen on certain Sundays, you know, I think of Lutheran faith, Catholic faith, Methodist, right? Some denominations, they have certain expectations throughout the year. Here at Refuge Church, uh, we, we don't diminish those. We recognize some of these markers and we practice some of these things. But we, we like the Holy Spirit to guide us and to say, hey, this is relevant to our culture today. This is relevant to what we're doing. I'm an application guy. I like to say, okay, God, this is what you're giving us in this season. Now, what do we do with it? Why? Because I, I believe that church happens outside these walls. It's, we come to church, but man, if we're the body, as we disperse into our community, we become really effective at, at being a bright light in a dark world, and that's what I think we're supposed to do. Uh, however, we need to be ready in and out of season, okay? Um, basically, what it's saying is, in the long haul, whatever part of the game we're in, whatever part of the phase we're in, 
We, we have to be ready. I want to read you. I want to start in 2 Timothy. And what's happening here is Paul is writing to Timothy. He gave him a, gave him a letter. I, I like it sometimes when there's like a second and a third book to the chapter. So there's 1 Timothy, right? Like, okay, he's, he's writing to Timothy. And then you get 2 Timothy. It's almost like Paul went, oh yeah, I got one more thing to say. You, you ever had that? Like you've been talking to somebody and they're telling you something. You walk away, you go like this and you go, oh, wait, 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 wait. I got, I got one more thing. It's important. Write it down. And I think that's what happens when you would get these. It's like, why didn't you just include it in the first one? You know, it's like, oh, something else happened, which, which Paul said, I, I, need to, I need to write this down too, okay? So, so here's, here's what's happening. I'm reading in chapter 4. Um, I actually just included verse 1. I think it says, oh, it does say 1 to 5. Okay, good. It says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom. I added that, I added that verse just sitting over here today uh, because I'm thinking of Israel. I'm thinking of what's happening. I think that we all need to see that God is in control. Like God is the one that's leading all of this. And, and then Paul says to Timothy, he says, I give you this charge. He's telling him this is the challenge. This is the charge. This is what he is to do. He says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. It starts to sound like these are things that pastors are supposed to do. And if I'm sitting in your seats, I'm like, okay, it's easy to evaluate how I'm doing with this. But I think, and we'll see in a minute, that Paul's talking to all of us who have a ministry. And if you're a follower of Christ, you have a ministry. And so he says, with great patience and careful instruction, we ought to do these things. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Are we seeing that in our culture? Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Man, this is unfolding right in front of us. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you... But you, you keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Hey, y'all, we're going long. We all have to learn how to do these things. Because here's the gift. It says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. It says, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. You all, us, ministers of the gospel, you are in the army of, of God. As a Christ follower, we have a responsibility to get out and take some action to what we learn and what we participate. This task is for all of us. It's all of us. It's time to come out of the bleachers and get onto the field, put on the jersey, play the game, and just get involved. 2 Timothy 4.8 says, Now, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which I just read to you again, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to those who have longed for his appearance. My question is, do you long to see the presence of Jesus Christ? 
Like, think about that. Like, are you longing to see him uh, at the end of life? Are you also longing to see the Holy Spirit move in your life and start guiding you through the trials and tribulations that you have today? Because going the long distance will become hard. People will mock you. They'll come against you. They'll lie about you. They'll slander you. They'll try to take you down. And if this is not happening to you, I would question if you're really, really putting on the jersey and going out and pressing the field for Christ. Because the scripture says it's going to happen. But boy, when we come together and we're encouraged, it allows me to say, yeah, one more time. Let's go long. So today I've titled the message, Sign up for preseason camp. Show up. You can sign up too. Show up for preseason camp. Will you get there? Will you be there? We're going to talk about preseason. We're going to talk about what happens behind the scenes. We're going to talk about where true Christianity is founded, when nobody's looking, when the cameras aren't rolling. Think of any high school, college, NFL football team. You don't have to be a fan to understand there's a preseason. There's practice, right? If you've got boys and they've gone through school and played football, you know they're on that field before school starts, aren't they? There's no Friday night lights yet. They're out there on that on that football field and they're sweating it out and they're conditioning and they're getting ready. They all have work to do in the preseason of the game. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. However, those three, the triune God, they're always at work, always working for you, always there. They're always available. John 5, 17 says, but Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So if they're always working, I think it's safe for us to say we can show up and prepare and be ready and listen to the coach. It's like the head coach is always working. Student athletes, even professional athletes, and they're off season, they're off doing other things. So are they still working out and doing some things? Sure, sure. Coach is always there. The high school coach, he doesn't work just for a few months when football season's on, right? What's he doing? He's game planning and preparing and getting student athletes ready for the next season. Therefore, if we want to be more like Jesus tomorrow than we are today, we'll have to put in the hard work too. You've got to endure some hard times. I don't know about you, but if you've ever showed up for anything preseason, anything to prep for something, you know it's hard work, isn't it? I think of yesterday, uh, the ladies that were here uh, on Friday before the game of a ladies' conference, preparing bags and preparing food and getting things ready and setting up backdrops and pulling out all the snacks and getting everything ready. Nobody saw that. Is the preseason to the game. I want you to know that's where God moves Jesus is in those moments, and we have to put in the hard work to be able to see God move. While our world, ooh, you ready? Buckle up. While our, this may strike a nerve, while, uh, while our world is celebrating an entitlement culture, we as Christians have to shy from this. We're not entitled, you know what we're entitled to? Death. 
That's, that's, that's what we deserve. We don't deserve the grace and the goodness of Christ. But as we participate, we start learning. We start seeing how God's economy operates. It cuts against our grain. And then all of a sudden, God starts changing us. Look, in this world, there are winners and losers. There's sin and repentance. There's believers and non-believers. There's right and there's wrong. And we have to adapt to these things. Do you know where you are on some issues? Are you willing to admit in preseason camp that, that you've been doing some things wrong? Isn't that what the coaches are looking for when these athletes come back to the gridiron to get ready to go to work? Hey, that's wrong. That, that player doesn't say, but coach, this way I've been doing it for 12 years. He says it's wrong. You correct it. You try. and you, Bad habits have to wash out. Man, it sounds a lot like my faith, doesn't it? Yours? Like maybe we've been doing something for a long time. Maybe you've been doing something for a long time. And then you read the passage of Scripture, and you go, oh, my gosh, I've been doing this wrong. Are you able and willing to change it so that you can go the long haul? Where are you in all of this? Just think for a moment. Like if there was a preseason moment, would you show up? Would you be there? Or, or would you just come to the game and sit in the bleachers and enjoy the show and cheer it on and go, man, this is the best. I love being a Christian. And then get in your car and go home. Where are you? What would you do? Friends, it's time to get in the game. Can you see what's happening around here? I mean, it's awesome what God is doing. There's a spot for everybody to play in some way and have a part in so many ways. I'm so proud of you, church. Look, this is not a message to say, come on, get your act together. This is the message to say, hey, hey, this, hey, let's continue to do what we're doing. So many people are in our, our small groups. So many people serve on cruise. The, the ladies were packing the place out. I mean, God is moving here, right? Like, just take this moment to evaluate, where am I? What am I doing? doing, but most importantly, Lord, what do you have for me? Because I want, I want to go long in my faith. Now, in good fashion, I'm going to give you three things to focus on in this preseason of your faith. So you can be ready in and out of season. I want you to be caught flat-footed. I want you to be ready. So number one, be present. Be present. And all of y'all get the, get the gold star today, right? You came, you're here, you're present, you're showing up. But are you showing up in your workplace tomorrow morning with your faith in charge and ready to go? While you open your Bible on Sunday, how do you open it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? You're listening to Christian music and worshiping today. How do you do it tomorrow and the next day? Are you present? The first thing you need to do and going long in your faith is just show up. Come on, gym membership. The biggest challenge of changing your physique is just showing up to the gym. Anybody else like me ever driven up to the gym, sat in your car for 15 minutes because you're trying to stall on social media and go, now I don't have enough time. I'm just going to go on home, get to work. I'm glad it's not just me. It's hard. It's got to show up. But you know if you just get out of that car and you go into that gym and you just start your body moving, you know you're going to feel better. You know you can do it. And it's, it's come on. Same with diet, exercise, sleep habits, routine. It, we just have to show up and be present. 
You know, the news reports daily who is present and not present at these preseason camps, don't they? They give you injury reports. They tell you why they're not there. They're all up in their business. Some, some superstar football player decides not to show up for preseason camp one day because his contract isn't final and he's playing hardball. We all know it. Could you imagine if that's what happened to us? Can you imagine if you had a report and there were the news cameras why you didn't come to church? Well, she was blowing her hair and the trip, the breaker tripped and she couldn't finish drying it, so she just, you know, said, forget church today, right? Can't go to our group because I don't have enough time to stop by and get Oreos at Kroger's. So, you know, could you imagine if that was a log and everybody saw that? That's what happens in preseason camp. Can I tell you this? God sees this heart posture of us. Look, I've missed, I've missed plenty of events. I've missed preseason camps before, but some for righteous and good reasons, and others because I just didn't want to do it. And I had to wrestle with these things and these parts. What am I doing? If a friend asks you, Hey, I didn't see you at church last week. Hey, I missed you at our group. Hey, our men's group, you know, it's this, I've been missing you. What's your posture on that? Are you like, are you like, here come the excuses? Well, you know, my dog hurt his leg and I had to take it to the emergency vet and all these things happen. What's your posture? Or are you like, man, I've missed you too. Thanks for checking on me. It sometimes gets to the point, even as a pastor, I struggle to say, hey, man, I missed you last week, because then you still feel, you feel guilty instead of just saying, hey, thanks, man. I'm glad you realized I wasn't here. Can you participate? Can we be a team? Can we, can we, can we hold each other accountable a little bit? Talk about that later, more in the month, but I, I want you just to know that when you aren't present, when you don't show up, People notice. Why? Because you're part of a body. And when my finger stops working, or I get pain in a certain area of my body, or when something's not functioning as it's supposed to, I notice it. And it's not to shame or to guilt you. It's to say, we're just better when you're here. We're just better when you show up. We're just better when you participate. Remember, you don't have to be perfect. Some people can confuse it. You don't have to be perfect. Just be present. Hebrews 6.10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Serving. Serving others. Do you show up to serve? Do you know that one of the hardest things to do in this church is schedule our serve crews. It's hard to do. Can I be honest? It's because some of y'all don't show up. Some of you say, I'll be there, and then you, 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 you send a, a message at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday evening and say, oh, I can't be there tomorrow. I forgot we have this event out of town or whatever the case is. We can adapt. We got you. 
But I need you to know it makes a ripple effect when you have to take somebody and move them over here. And, the, and so you've got these schedulers on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings trying to... And why, why is that important that you show up? Because especially as we continue to grow, um, I don't want any distractions for you to have an awesome encounter with Christ in this environment. So good when you come in and the kids are, are, are taken care of. And some of y'all need that coffee in the morning, right? And, and if you don't have that coffee in the morning, you're a little grouchy, right? And so we want to make sure that, you, that everything's just awesome for your worship experience and your spouse and your children. I'm just, again, I'm just so pleased with what's happening here. And I don't want you to take this as a negative thing. But imagine what happened if you showed up for your small group and, and your group leader was like, oh, I totally forgot we were having group tonight. Like, I want to hang out. Imagine if you're the group leader and nobody showed up to your group. Hashtag been there, right? It was like snack. Well, we're having for dinner. Well, we're just going to have snack night now. Yeah, yeah. What happens when what happens when teams don't show up to, to camp? What happens? Like you are important. You are important. It's discouraging for those who work. Stacy mentioned the, the, what was the largest event you've, the ladies have had? What was the number? Thirty. Twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Right? And and I remember when you came home and you're like, we got 28 people. It's amazing, right? Because the last one had like six. You know, and you're like, man, that's a lot of work. But, but church, man, when we show up and we say, I'm, I'm going long haul with my faith, man, God, God starts to move in miraculous ways. I think of the early days of church planting. Remember our living room. Some of y'all, it was in our living room. I know the Terrells were. It was in our living room. Yeah, of course, my kids, right? The, the Lawtons. And, man, I remember that first Sunday. I was just like, this is embarrassing. How's this ever going to start? How are we going to get this off the ground? Like, who wants to go into somebody's living room to have church? I mean, that's how they start cults, you know? I'm like, they just showed up. Thank you. I remember talking to Reagan and Deanne. We were, we were down in, in, in Seabrook at Lizzie's soccer game, and we were on my iPad, and we FaceTimed them. We knew each other from Virginia, and they moved here, and we moved here, and we said, we're, we're coming to Conroe to plant a church. And they were like, have fun. Good luck. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. If you need anything, call me. I know some people that might can help. You just showed up. Thank you. You're, you're showing up today. Like, thank you. I hope God is moving in your life. I hope you're seeing some things happen. First Timothy 4.8 says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Come all somebody. You struggling with your dad bod, right? Like, okay, physical training is of some value, but godliness, oh yeah, sign me up. Are you ready? With all the things happening in the church in this season right here, we got a lot going on, don't we? Isn't it cool to see all the opportunities to plug in? 
Will, will you simply just start being present? Show up. Here's what I like to say. Christians can't be the light. You can't be the light in the dark world without just showing up, without being there. You want to be the light, but you imagine that flashlight that stays in that drawer. If you don't get it out and show up to the environment that's dark and turn that thing on, it's not going to help you any. And that's the same with our faiths. When you show up, shed the light. Others will notice, I promise you, I promise you. We missed two weeks in our group on Thursday. We lead us. Stacy and I have some awesome people this semester in our growth group, our small group. And uh, and it was cool because we, we, we just, our schedules and stuff, the last two weeks we couldn't meet. And then we showed up this Thursday and oh my gosh, it was like high schoolers that just got back into the campus and they're just chit-chat-chat. Oh, it was like so cool to see just people just enjoying relationship and fellowship. We just sat in the chair and just kind of watched everybody for a minute, all these little conversations going on and going off. It's the value of showing up. If you miss, you don't know what you miss, right? Well, it was a FOMO, fear of missing out, right? Um, show up. Number two, let's go on. Uh, preseason. Come on. It's not televised. It's not televised. Look, if you're showing up to preseason camp expecting to get the glory, you're going you're gonna to miss the mark. You're going you're gonna to fail. If you're trying to show your spouse that you're some great Christian and you're going to show up to church and you're gonna, this is all going to be awesome and this is going to change our marriage, it's going to improve our relationship with our kids because people are going to see me and they're gonna, you're missing the mark. Like the preseason part of this Go Long series, the stuff that nobody sees, your quiet devotion time, your just time with the Lord, just doing the right thing when nobody's watching, sewing into something when nobody sees it, like the cameras are off and you're just, man, you know where the ministry is? It's in the heart. I, I think of our cleaning crew that comes in here on Saturdays and cleans this building Nobody sees them. You don't see them do that. They're members of our church. We don't contract that out. They sign up, say, hey, I want to I come and clean the building, prepare it for you so the bathrooms are clean and the trash is taken out and the floors vacuumed and all that stuff is ready for you. Like they're sitting, the cameras aren't on. And man, I'm telling you, when you're in here in this building and you're doing something and nobody's here, there's this special feeling. If you've been here, you know what I'm talking about. If that's you, you're like, there's no doubt I'm serving the Lord right now because my house is a mess, but this place is clean. You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, it's all for your glory, man. Turn on, the, turn on the praise music and get to work. I love being in this building when nobody's here. Just me and God. Just working and doing. It's not televised. It's going the distance in the kingdom, going this long distance. It's, it's, it's humility. There's this humble servant. You see it on the field. You see these athletes as they interview them. Some of them, you're like, man, that dude's cocky, right? He, he, he's, he thinks he's arrived, and others are like, I love it when they give the glory to God, right? Uh, this, any strength you see in me is only from Christ. I, I love when that humble spirit comes up. and You go, hey, you can watch me, but, man, you're just going to see the light of Christ. Anything that you see good in me is merely just reflection, reflection of him because, because I, 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 I'm not that good. Like, give, give, give expecting nothing in return. Like, why do you show up? Because God wants me to. Maybe I'll receive. Maybe I'll give. 
maybe you come to church today and maybe 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 God doesn't speak to you that personally that loud in this message but maybe that conversation you have on the porch or in a hallway with somebody is the message that that person needed and they needed you to show up and to come here and not be televised and just say man I'm here praying for you today maybe that's why God brought you here Matthew 23:11 through 12 the greatest among you will be your servant for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Like we get to serve God by serving other people, by serving other people. I was up here yesterday for a little bit during the ladies' conference. Yeah, there are a few men running sound slides and things like that, right? I was out there in the in the hall, and someone comes up, and they have a they had a plate, and you know, they were you know, little snacks and food. And they opened the door to go throw it away. And another woman was right there. Oh, I'll take that from you. I'll, 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 I'll take it. And her eyes like, oh, okay. Sometimes when people do things for us, when they serve us, it kind of throws us back a little bit. That's how it's supposed to be. Let me help you. Let me serve you. And in doing that, God gets the glory. God is famous. We get to give financially and see the fruits without others seeing how much we give. Like, that's between you and God. And I say that a lot here, right? That's a lot. I wonder if your giving would change if we had a spreadsheet that we showed every week, right? <laughs> like, like how, much, how much your income was and how much you gave. Come on, that's what they do, right? We, we know all the income. We, we just know that, you know, hey, this contract was renewed, and this is how many millions of dollars this guy's getting. What if we did that? What if we did that for you and the church? All right, preseason camp, show up. We got our financials up here. Let's, let's roll up. Let's see. Vaughn, let's see what, how they are, right? I, I, I can pick on Brad because he picks on me. Like, what would happen? You'd be like, I've got to get another church. I can't go to that place. But God sees that. He sees it. He sees the parts of you that aren't televised. He sees us in these preseason days when we doubt and we're grinding and we're struggling. Will you show up even if nobody notices you? We've had people come up to us personally. We've had people point fingers in my wife's chest for real and said, I'm not coming back to this church. You didn't greet me. And, I, and she took off and left. And I'm kind of like, Okay, like come back on October 8th. I got a message for you, you know? I'm just like, what happened? Why, why is it that we think that we have to be noticed by other people? I'll do it when others notice me. Come on, in our homes, I think our marriages and our families would operate smoother if we said, I'm just going to take the trash out because it needs to be taken out, and I want to serve my family. Right, come on, kids in the space, the young people. Like, it just, if you just say, hey, I just noticed there's stuff on the stairs. I'm going to take it up to my room when I go. You, your parents would flip out. They'd probably start giving you money and rewarding you. Like, oh, my gosh, you totally noticed those stacks of shoes there. Oh, yeah. Is that your problem, too? <laughs> oh, I love y'all. Matthew 6, 2 through 3, it says, so, so when you give to the needy and do not announce it with trumpets, 
as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Come on, I'm going to stop right here before we continue. Come on, it feels good, y'all. Doesn't it feel good when somebody comes up and recognizes what you've done? I mean, I'm not going to lie. It feels good when somebody comes up. Man, that was great. That was great. Thank you for doing that. Man, you brought me dinner. You, you met me here. You did these things. You, you, you fixed my car. You painted my house. You helped me break the leaves and install my pool. Man, it's awesome. It feels so good. But it says that's, that's where the reward is. The reward is done. But then it continues. It says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret He'll reward you. Try it sometime. Just try it. Try to do something for somebody and they have no idea. Like sneak it. Right? Like try to sneak and do something. And then don't get angry when they don't notice. Right? Because God notices. If you just keep doing it and you don't worry about the cameras rolling, God will bless you. It's preparation before the platform. I want you to see this. Those who stand in the light. Basically, when you're saying, I want to serve on a crew, I see you standing in the light. There's going to be uh, some judgment. If you're the light, you will be judged, I promise you. If you go out into your community and you start shedding the light, you will be judged. Preparation before the platform. God wants to put you on a platform, a stage is for performance. A platform is for evangelizing. Why do you think the street evangelist stands on a five-gallon bucket? He needs a platform. The delivery may be wrong, but he gets the concept. I think of up here. So, we have an overseer spoke to you yesterday. I got three men that oversee my life. Why? Because this platform is judged. The, the band, the members that come up and sing in the mu in music, they're not just singing music. You know that Randy and I are praying over them and we're meeting with them and talking about their spiritual life, the attack that comes when you get six inches higher than everybody else. When you stand on a platform, judgment will come. Those cameras will start rolling. People will start seeing you. And you've got to live a life of humility and you've got to show up and you got to be there even when the cameras aren't rolling. What you do in the dark must be acceptable in the light. And But good news is God gives us an opportunity of repentance when we do wrong. Because you put the light on me, I put the light on you, we're going we're gonna to make mistakes and we're going to see them. And that's okay because we can repent, we can be recovered, and we can get back in the game. Number three and final, uh, preseason camp is evaluated. It is. Listen close. Every move is watched in preseason. Uh, athletes, they're sitting there just watching every single move. It's evaluated. Today in this service, I just feel God prompting me to say it. Uh, it's pretty cool this, this evening at, you get an opportunity to officiate a wedding, Right? Trey's over here. His soon-to-be bride is not because it's his wedding day. And do you know to his flank, to his right, and to his left are his 
groomsmen that are with him. And they decided to start his wedding day in church with his boys. I had, come on, y'all, right? In all my years of officiating weddings, I have never seen this take place. Never seen, um, hey, let's start with our faith before we go on on our way. It's evaluated. And I see you. And most importantly, God sees you. And this evening, man, it's just it's an, it's going to be an honor to, to stand with you and Laura and your beautiful bride. Man, it's just going to be an awesome day. And you're here, showed up, preseason camp, not worried about the cameras. Man, well done, man. He's, he's young, like 12 years old, too. <laughs> uh, he's not. He's not. He just turned 13. I got to wrap this up. I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I got so much. I'm so excited, y'all. Um, behind the scenes, behind the scenes evaluation, that's what's happening in your life. That's what's causing most of your disagreements in your family is evaluation. I will pre-evaluate issues in my relationships because I expect you to act the same way you acted before. And if I've got to live this life of long hauling this journey, then I've got to give others the opportunity to change. And I can't put that condition that I'm expecting them to respond in front of me. We've got to give other people an opportunity to show some physical change and to see in the evaluation that things can change. Why? Football coaches will evaluate every single play with numbers and statistics. What for? So they can see if there's any improvement. Can I, can I trust you on game day? Are you truly following the guidance of the coach? Look, that's what, that's what God is. Like, like, look, he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And if our statistics were, were played out like the NFL players and all the stats were there, what would your scorecard look like? Like, make your own, maybe. Maybe figure out what are your performance benchmarks in your faith and say, okay, I want to I do better at this. I want to stop saying these things. I want to start doing this thing. I want change to happen in my life because I, I want to go the distance in my faith, but I don't want to feel this way. I, I want to be better as we go. Galatians 6.1 says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. Like, we have to sit there and go, hey, man, I don't know if you see this. Hey, how, how do you receive correction? How do, how do you receive someone, a coach coming up in the preseason camp or in your life and saying, hey, you're, hold on, time out. And you add this thing. How do you receive it? Are you critical? Are you not? I, you're, I trust you. It's, look, Stacy and I are learning. We're, we've been married 28 years. We're still learning to do this. And transparency, uh, just even this morning, right? I'm loving how our relationship just continues to grow and to flourish. Uh, on, the, on the last announcement, there's a text blast that's going out this afternoon. And when she comes off, I was like, hey, don't forget second service to say that that text blast is coming out, right? And she was like, oh, yeah, thanks. 
Yeah, instead of like, oh, I can't, why are you, right? It's evaluation. It's what happens in life. Because I, I, I want her to come up to me and say, hey, don't forget when you tell the kids this, you also got to say this because, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I'm trying to be the best person I can be, and I'm opening myself up to evaluation. And some of you come up and you tell me some nice things. Some of you come up and you, you don't. But I was, thanks, i got to evaluate. I'm being evaluated. Why? Because I want to be better living out our faith. One day, we will all give account to God. No one is exempt from this. Wouldn't it be nice to work out some of your sin struggles now on this planet, overcome some things? Wouldn't it be wonderful to say, man, yeah, this is a sin that I struggle with, and you can help me overcome this. Wouldn't it be awesome when that happens? I promise you, I promise you, when you're out in the world on game day, you'll be thankful for the preseason camp with the fellow believers in your life. You'll be thankful for them. Remember, we're going the long haul. I want you to go long. I want you to be here for a long time. I want you to participate in your faith for the rest of your life. I want you to continue to grow. I promise you there is enough information in this book for you to be a student of God until you pass. Will you go there? Can we go there? Let's pray. Today, God, we come to you, and we realize that our decision to follow you comes with this uh, endurance, comes with this long-haul effect. God, we want to go long. We want to go the distance with you. And we're grateful that you are our coach. You sent Jesus Christ to help us. And you sent brothers and sisters in our faith to, to evaluate and to hold us accountable and to walk together, God. I ask that as we participate in this faith journey, God, that we all continue to grow, that we all have grace with each other, and we all show one another love. God, thank you for this word today. Thank you that we can go out into a dark world and be light and that we can show others the love of Christ. God, minister to each one of us today and the steps in which we ought to take and then give us the courage to take one step. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, hey, church, enjoy the day. Enjoy this awesome weather. Enjoy your family. Enjoy the gift that God has given you of life. And just be 